another edition of the Bullheaded Podcast. I am your host, per usual, Sean Tyson, here with Zoo and P. Bush. How you guys doing? Doing well, man. Got my fantasy drafts done, ready for tomorrow yes, and uh, this weekend. Welcome, Chris Hansen. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football is back. I still got my, one more draft, one more draft after this podcast. I'm ready to go. It's a work league, so I'm ready to beat my bosses, man. I'm ready to beat <laughs> my bosses. That's all I want to do. Hopefully they don't hear this, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I think most people have gotten their fantasy drafts out the way, and NFL season is here. Like I said, tomorrow it will be the Bills and the Rams starting us off. I think that's one hell of a matchup for Thursday Night Football. Um, so we're going to kind of get into what we our thoughts of that game, may pick a winner, um, what is going to be the storylines for that week one Thursday night game. And Peebush, I'm going to start with you. This is a hell of a great matchup, man. The NFL knows how to make their money. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you've got the defending champs hosting the Super Bowl favorites for this year. So I think that that's probably the best that you can ask for, um, especially a team that is coming off a Super Bowl who pretty much maintained the same team and kind of has the same expectations, at least in their conference this year. Yeah. Um, one matchup, I mean, I'm looking for, I really do want to see what Cam Akers looks like. Um, you know, I think that... <sighs> He came off that Achilles injury very quickly last year, and yeah. a lot of people have high expectations for him. Maybe just in dynasty leagues, looking you know a couple of years forward. But this is a big year for him to kind of earn his spot. You know, fighting with Daryl Henderson. I know Cam's pretty much the number one back, but we know what Daryl Henderson can do with that with that offensive line and how good their pass offense can open up their rushing game. Um, but a, but a matchup that I'm also looking for is that Stephon Diggs versus Jalen Ramsey. Man, I think that that's mm. always fun to watch. You know, the Bills, I think they now have a bit more solidified number two, Gabe Davis. I know he might be overvalued in a lot of fantasy this year, but he's a pretty legit option too. Um, big receiver that might be able to draw attention away. But we know Jalen Ramsey is going to be sticking to Stephon Diggs if he can. Yeah. So that's a matchup I'm watching. I don't think that it'll hinder any high scoring opportunities. I think this is going to be a pretty high scoring game. I think they have the over under at about 53. Um, so if you're a betting person, that's a tough one to call. But easily could happen this could be a 30 plus game for each team here um but i think the bills are going to go in and i think they're going to beat it at sofi man i i think they're just they have a great defense man they had the number one defense on points points allowed per game last year third in scoring they only added to their offense they didn't really lose too much adding that rookie james cook into the backfield interested to see what he does so i think the bills will pull this one out but i i don't think you can blame the rams for losing this game they're still going to have a hell of a season so these could this could be a future Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, sure. this matchup really, really intrigues me more than usual because there's mm. a beautiful, beautiful DraftKings up bet up on the table, man. Win by yep. seven, man. If you up seven, you automatically hit the money line. So I've been contemplating this decision for a very, very long time. The Buffalo Bills are the favorites, which is surprising because they they're on the road against mm. the defending champs. They give you three points for home. So pretty much they're saying that on a clean field, it's a five-point favorite. So they're pretty, they're pretty much saying Buffalo Bills are the better team. They are yep. the better team. They're by far the better team, even though obviously the Rams got it done and won the championship. But mm-hmm. the Rams, man, after that celebration of winning a championship, man, you get that little fatigue, man. You're just like, man, I'm just chilling. Now nothing else to prove. You lost Von Miller. You lost Odell. Integrating Allen Robinson. Very, very, very intrigued by Allen Robinson this year. Because this dude historically has been a really elite quarterback, even though he had Blake Bortles, the Mitchell Trubisky getting 1,000-yard season, had one dud of a season last year, didn't really like the QB situation, didn't really like the management situation, didn't really like the coaching. 
So I gave him a one year out. He had an awful, awful year. He was probably the biggest bust in fantasy football yep. last year as a third round pick. Who's I think he was an elite talent as a wide receiver. But hopefully he's gonna get rejuvenated with uh with little Matt Stafford, man. When this guy makes receivers look real good, man. From Marvin Jones to Calvin Johnson to Cooper Cup, man, to Kenny Galladay. He feeds his receivers and as a shareholder of a lot of a lot of Allen Robinson shares. I think I have in all my teams right now this year. Wow. <laughs> yes, I think I've I've, I, I, have, do it. I, I I have four leagues right now. I think Allen Robinson's all four leagues off the top of my head right wow. now. Oh, good value so, pick this so year. So this guy better show up because I'm all in on this brother, and he better show up because I'm I'm expecting 1,100 yards and like eight tutties, man. That's what I'm expecting from this guy. I'm expecting elite numbers, a resurgence with this offense and with this team. But man, my bet, my money line bet, man, gotta go with the Buffalo Bills, man. I like I think they're gonna go off to a hot start, man. I feel yep. like they always go off to hot starts when Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, man. It's Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs hyping him up. Gabriel Davis playing fantasy football. You got to get Gabriel Davis. We'll see if he's yep. the real deal. This guy showed up in the playoffs, was a red zone monster. With, with the lack of, like, this dude, like, barely played last year. Because mm-hmm. with, with the Emmanuel Sanders and they got Cole Beast, like, all these receivers, all these receivers are out. This guy gets solidified as the number two option in this offense. McKenzie in the slot. So this guy's a legit wide receiver, too, that Josh Allen got. And people are, like, saying that this guy's the real deal in this offense. They got this team winning the Super Bowl. Vegas has it. They got Josh Allen winning MVP. So pretty much everybody's saying this team's got to be elite top one. So their offense got to be at least top five, top ten. So looking at this offense, they're going to get it done against the Rams at SoFi Stadium, man. And hopefully they get it done. And But my boy Allen Robinson shows up in the game, primetime performance. And remembering the shock in the NFL world, like, I'm back, baby. Um, I'm yeah. on a team that's actually competently run. For the first for the time, first time in his career. career. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in his career, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So, shout out to Al Robinson. Hopefully, he gets it done. But yeah, I'll, be, I'll be rooting for him. I'll be rooting hard for him. Yeah. Game. And the, I mean, the Bills just have such high expectations. So, we'll see if they can live up to him. But I think they do have the best chance to most teams. Yeah. I think the Bills, I'm probably just going to make it a sweep. I think the Bills, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like with Zoo with the whole championship hangover type deal. I just think everybody's going to be singing their praises. You know, it's just going to be, I don't know if they do rings like that, but it's just like the whole atmosphere is going to be about the Rams and the Bills, you know, are going to be motivated because I think after their last playoff game, that was a tough way to lose. So they're good. I feel like they're just going to be on a whole revenge tour. Um, But I am interested to see what the Rams, their addition of Bobby Wagner, how much more does that make their defense like elite? You know, because then if Bobby Wagner comes in and he plays like he normally plays, which is an all pro level, then at each phase of the defense, you have Jalen Ramsey in the elite corner. You have Bobby Wagner, in the elite linebacker, and then you have Aaron Donald doing what Aaron Donald does. And that's going to be for, you know, maybe if I maybe want to make a trade or maybe if, I don't know. I might have to look at my league if the Rams defense is on the waiver wire, because it's like that might be a defense that might be forcing a lot of turnovers. It might be a defense that stifles a lot of opponents. So that's going to be an interesting aspect of the Rams that I'm looking at. Um, to your point, P. Bush, Cam Akers, I feel like he really did come back fast off that injury. So it's going to be interesting if he is truly a three-down back or if they use, uh, I think, Darrell Henderson on third down in pass-catching situations. So that's going to be an aspect that I'm looking at. But, yeah, I'm picking the Bills. I just Josh Allen is getting MVP odds. You know, the Bills are getting Super Bowl love. It just feels like – and it kind of makes me a little nervous because, you know, when everybody is on <laughs> yep, one yep, team, it yep. makes you feel like, uh, are they really going to get there? But, it, you know, it, I guess just that last 
you know, playoff game we saw with them, it just makes you feel like they're just going to take that next step. So I just think for this game, they're definitely going to beat the Rams. I just, you know, I'm interested to see how they play throughout the season. So, yeah, Stefan, Stefan's tired of just uh, standing out after a playoff game and watching the other team <laughs> celebrate, man. He needs to be on the field celebrating this year. For sure. <laughs> yeah, Stefan Diggs definitely, uh, he, he's going to be receiver one. The, the Gabriel Davis hype, I'm not there yet. I, I think yeah. he's a good player, but I'm, I don't know if, like how a lot of people are just putting all his their chips into him. But who knows? Maybe because Stefan is a true receiver one, maybe he gets open and maybe he does make a lot of plays. Yeah. I like Isaiah McKenzie's on that team, right? Mm-hmm. He's healthy. I kind of, I kind of like him a, a little bit more. I don't know why. I think I do, just because I, don't, I just like his shiftiness. But we'll see how that plays out. But, Could be a PPR guy. I don't know about red yeah. zone guy though. Yeah, for and sure. they're gonna run. They're gonna run end rounds with him too. They like to do that mm-hmm. a lot last year. Yeah, I just think he's a little bit more versatile. But we're gonna see. Like you say, Thursday night football is here. You know, like I say, this whole podcast is excited. Is excited about it. You know, from Thursday night to Sunday night. We're going to be transitioning into some of the Sunday games the guys got on their, I guess you could say, docket. Like you say, most of us are going to be watching a lot of games because we play fantasy football. But which games interest us the most to where if there wasn't fantasy, we would actually watch it. And uh, Zoo, I'm going to go with you. Oh, I'm watching because of real life and fantasy, man. This is a dual threat right here. The Vikings <laughs> versus the Packers, man. Mm. I really want to see these two teams. Packers, obviously, because I'm a Packers fan. I want to see this offense under an, a new style of having yeah. these. Double-headed running backs. 1A and 1A, according to Matt LaFleur, the coach, man. This running back situation. I want to see how they use Aaron Jones. Because they might – in my mind, I think they're going to use him in the slot. They're going to use him as a wide receiver. Because Alan Lazard, I think Aaron Jones is a better receiver than Alan Lazard. Like, I know Aaron Rodgers likes Aaron Jones more than Alan Lazard. Because pretty much in the playoff games, they use Aaron Jones as a receiver. So that's how I'm assuming that they're going to have to deal with Devontae Adams out as his favorite red zone target. So I'm like, man, how are they going to use Aaron Jones? And A.J. Dillon, the monster truck A.J. Dillon, man, not, was not able to snatch much shares of A.J. Dillon. He going a little quick now, man. Like, A.J. Dillon is rising up ADP. People are taking him the sixth, seventh round, man. I'm like, I want him a little later. I got him in the eighth. Yeah, got him in the eighth. Wow. Yeah, that's got, nice. yeah. got him in the eighth. I'm telling you, like, a lot of people are snagging him up a little, a little earlier because of the hype with the 1A, 1A, man. Because legit, on this offense under Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be obviously an elite offense, and they're going to be scoring touchdowns. And who's your red zone guy is going to be A.J. Dillon at the one-yard line. So he's getting those valuable touches, and he's a decent pass catcher too, which is actually quite surprising. Didn't do that much in college, but show that he got little hands, man. So I want to see how that offense is formed mm-hmm. under Aaron Rodgers, man, because Aaron Rodgers is coming out back-to-back MVP season. People forget about that after that atrocity yeah. in the playoffs. After that atrocity, we got a little yeah, bit. It doesn't even feel like he won MVPs. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. doesn't. After that atrocity, man, <laughs> he got one touchdown in the playoffs against the 49ers. It's embarrassing. So maybe he got another chance of redemption this year. This guy in the regular season, I don't bet against Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. This dude shows up in the regular season, man. Yeah. So he's going to get his 10-11 wins, man. Going to have an elite offense, make the playoffs, and probably lose an NFC championship game again. <laughs> and I already the Niners. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Oh, man. If that happens, man. <laughs> Oof. Oh Lord, I'm gonna cry if that happens again, man. If he loses, if he loses like a second year quarterback, my Oof. lord, they'll be embarrassing. But I want to see that offense, and I am really, really high on the Vikings this year, man. The yep. Vikings, I know Pat knows this, but Captain Kirk this year, man. Kirk Cousins, Captain <laughs> Kirk this year. I think he's in for a big year. I think he's in for a major, major year with them. Five years. Play. It's been five years, man. <laughs> We've been saying that every year. Maybe not us, but. Vikings fans, definitely. <laughs> Man, yeah. with a new head coach implement with Zimmer out and the more pass-heavy offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I think he's he's 
he's for a bounce back year this year because this guy's elite in the red zone. Like, I don't know how Adam Thielen every time gets in the red zone, but he always gets tutties, man. That's yep. what he does in the red zone. He just gets open in the red zone. So you got two elite receivers. You got my boy Dalvin Cook, who's pretty much on all my teams this year, man. I got, like, mm. in three leagues. A little scary, man. Big risk. I, I'm a little <laughs> – like, his shoulder, a little scary. His knees, his ankle, the dude always misses games. The thing with Dalvin Cook, he always misses games. But when, when he plays, he shows up. But with that elite offense, man, I really, really want to see the matchup against the Green Bay Packers because I think they have a chance of winning the division mm-hmm. against the Green Bay. I think they're the legit threat to um, beat them for the division title this year. And with Captain Kirk on their way, I think this guy has a chance to throw 40 touchdowns this year. I, I think he has a chance to throw 40 passing touchdowns this year on their, this offense, a new offensive scheme. And I want to mm-hmm. see if they could get it done on the defensive mm-hmm. end against this Aaron Rodgers-led offense. And Because the Vikings, man, they're the legit, man. I got them in making the playoffs this year, so – Seeing seeing two elite teams in NFC man facing off man, I'm real real excited about this team because yeah. the fantasy and real life man because got a yeah. whole lot of Kirk Cousins. It's a big game Alvin for you, Cook man. Shares, man. <laughs> it is a big game. I got a whole lot of fantasy guys online and my boy Aaron Jones. He back he back on my team again, Aaron Jones. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think seeing that in Week One especially is going to set the tone for the NFC North. I mean, this is a huge game. Just mm-hmm. to your point, Zoo. If yep. they end up splitting, right? Is this is this at at Minnesota? Is this first one at Minnesota or is it at Green Bay? You know, I, I believe it's at Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, because look, I, I think that both of the teams yeah, are obviously going to—they're obviously going to be favored at home, and I think it's going to be kind of a pick 'em at that point. You know, I mean, maybe three, Pretty four, much. five. Green Bay's only a one one and a half point favorite. One and a half point favorite on the road. I mean, a little bit better than the Bills Rams when we were just talking mm-hmm. about. They still think the Packers. Probably just because Aaron Rodgers still yep. pretty much owns the Vikings in his career, yep. and they're yep. just giving yep. him the benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, that's a good one. I, I definitely want to watch it. I'll be suffering as a Bears fan, knowing we'll be in third or fourth there. But <laughs> oh well. Um, a, a game that I'm looking for, I'm going to stick with the NFC. I do think there's a couple good AFC games, but I'm going to go with the Bucks Cowboys, and actually mm. mainly because I want to see how both of those offensive lines are going to be shaken out. You know, you got Tyron Smith out, the Cowboys. For some reason, man, they just someone always keeps bringing back Jason Peters. Man, this guy's forty years old and he's going to be playing <laughs> left tackle. I don't know how he still does it. He's probably one of the best left tackles of all time. But at forty years old, man, he got battered up on the on the Bears' offense last year, rightfully so. Um, and yeah, with Tyron Smith, I think he tore his hamstring, right? Something like that. I mean, just a mm-hmm. brutal injury. Um, going to be tough for him to obviously bounce back this year. Um, but man, I'm looking also at the Bucks. Their offensive line is a little shifty, and is that going to affect Leonard Fournette? I mean, he's you want to talk about a guy who might be getting overvalued in fantasy this year? <laughs> it is Leonard Fournette. <laughs> heavily, I've been fading Leonard Fournette in yes, every draft, man. I, I haven't touched him. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't touched him at all. I, I faded him last year too because I, I I saw a little demise last year, but obviously he was still productive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with this offensive line, you know, Brady only getting older. I mean, look, their running game was always pretty solid, even with Brady knowing that he's going to be standing in the pocket in a passing situations. It's kind of hard for him to do rollouts, play actions, and all that stuff. But, man, this team also has a hell of amount of weapons. We got Julio Jones coming in there. Definitely want to see what level he's playing at. I mean, he's kind of had some iffy quarterback talent. Obviously, Matt Ryan had some unbelievable seasons there in Atlanta, but you're talking about jumping over to playing with Tom Brady. Um, and with Godwin still coming back, you know, you got him and Mike Evans, big shareholder of mine this year, Mike Evans. So I'm excited to watch him play. But yeah, I'm really sticking with kind of the running game on both sides, really seeing where Zeke's at too. Oh, How much yeah. are they going to be using Tony Pollard? 
I know it's a running joke on this podcast, but Tony <laughs> Pollard's getting a lot of value picks this year as well. A lot of people foreseeing, even if he doesn't take over the number one starting job over Zeke, I still think they're going to utilize him a lot. He's always got that uh, kick return for touchdown possibilities too, <laughs> that somehow you still get points if you start him on that. Um, but yeah, I really think that this, these running games, um, you know, how they're affecting two possible elite passing games. I mean, Dak's the definition of a fantasy stud quarterback. He always puts up the numbers no matter how iffy he that does. team might be. Tom Brady's kind of the same way, just had a little bit more success, I would say. Um, so yeah, I think that just seeing how these two running games and the the questions there are going to affect the overall team, because I do think both defenses are pretty solid. And I know we all agreed Micah Parsons might be the defensive player of the year this year. So the Bucs offensive line could be getting trampled in this game, but <laughs> so could the Cowboys. So it's going to be one I want to watch. For sure. I, I think the, the offensive lines of both teams is going to tell a story. Um, you know, I probably would trust Brady just a little bit more just because he knows how to get rid of the ball. Um, yeah. Dak likes to move around, so that might be troublesome. But I think one of the games that I've, I've circled since he got traded, and even though it's not technically a Sunday night game, it's a Monday night game with Russell Wilson. Um playing the Seahawks. I just want to see how Russell uses Judy and Sutton. Mm, I just want to see that. I just want to see who's he keying on because we know Javante and Melvin. Like, Melvin came back because he had no other offer, so Javante is kind of basically the lead back there. But I'm very interested to see who he's going to be throwing to at tight end. How is he going to use both of those receivers? Does he, you know, KJ Hamler's getting a little bit of love. Like, does he use him a lot more? That's one of the things I want to see how the Broncos move, because if I see that he's really pushing the ball around and spreading it around, that might make a big difference and how comfortable he looks with the Broncos. Because no matter, you know, what situ- how good of a quarterback he is, being in a new situation, is just it's going to take some adjustment. So, you know, they've had time in OTAs and in preseason camp to get their timing down. But I just want to see who he's keying on. And if it's somehow, some way as a close game, who does he trust? on those last couple of drives. Is he going to be throwing a Judy in the slot? Is he going to be throwing it over the top with Court Sutton? So that's one team or one scenario that I'm looking at that's going to be interesting on Monday night. And another one is Baker. Um, yep. I'm a big guy on, like, you know, guys that play through injury. Like, I understand that and I respect that. But it was obvious that he probably just should have sat down last year because he was, like, severely hurt. So, you know, they're saying he's healthy now and – I like DJ Moore. If Christian McCaffrey somehow can play a full season, he has another weapon back there. Um, during the preseason, he had a he had an odd connection. I wouldn't say odd, but he had a connection with Shai Smith, who I think is going to be running around in their slot. So I, I want to see how Baker, because he's going to be motivated playing the Browns. We know what the Browns are. is going to be Brissett and whatever the running backs. They're going to do what they're going to do in their defense. But I want to see how Baker comes out and responds, because it will be interesting if he comes out and plays okay – and it's like that's just another team in the NFC South that could maybe be a thorn in the side of the Buccaneers because, like you say, with all those offensive line injuries, like that's just – that ain't nothing you can just push around. Like Brady yeah. is, what, 45? You know, one hit could really mess him up. Like you yeah. say, Leonard Fournette. I, dra- I drafted with my last pick his handcuff because I have I have, I have a ser- – I, I have just an inclination that he may be injured this year and that might be a guy that could be beneficial down the road. So, you know, it's the Bucs are, I would say – and a little bit of like a, I guess you could say flummox right now. You know, they're probably still the favorite, you know, and you always have the Saints. But, you know, Baker, if he comes out and plays somewhat to his number one pick potential, which I don't think he can, but if he can be somewhat close to it, that can make that division very interesting. So that's a team that I'm looking at. Yeah. 
Um, those are two games that I'm definitely looking at. Uh, I've been trying to get tickets to that, you know, Carolina and Browns game, but it's impossible. Picking both return games. I appreciate that. <laughs> Russell going, going home and Baker going back. Yeah. Those are always interesting to watch. And the NFL For knows sure. it. That's why they put it in week one. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why they also put Deshaun Watson coming back against the Houston Texas. How, how convenient it. was that? <laughs> but I digress. Oh, <laughs> down, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he really knows does. what he's doing. I digress. Man. I digress. Um, so two hours later. Like you say, we are all excited for the NFL season. But like we kind of predicted, the NBA always knows how to sneak in a little bit a, a small storyline, but in this case is actually a huge storyline with Donovan Mitchell. You know, it's a curveball. It was a curveball. Like you know, no, everybody had inclinations that he was going to the Knicks. And then you get the alert on the ESPN app and it says that he's been traded to the Cavs. And I hate when it just is very vague because then it's like, who the hell did he get traded for? So then you yeah. got to go on Twitter and search for it. But um, got traded to the Cavs. And being honest, it seems like a robbery. <laughs> so I want to get the guy's thoughts on how this impacts the East. You know, Utah, we know what they're trying to do. They're tanking. Um, what? How does the backcourt look? How do you like the fit? Yada, yada. Uh, P. Bush, what's your thoughts? Well, first, I got to give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, call for real. Yeah, podcast man. about six weeks ago. It was a dark horse pick. I thought that it would be a good spot with a team that had the most assets that, you know, because I think, Zoo, you might have mentioned this a couple weeks back as well, but the Jazz are looking to hopefully get some guys back that they might be able to eventually move, mm -hmm. you know, maybe towards the trade deadline. And I think a guy like Laurie Markin is a prime candidate for that. Um, so, yeah, to your point, Sean, they got, you know, Ochai Agbaji, who I think is a pretty solid young player. Can, shooter, you know, yeah. Shooter, athletic as well, coming out of Kansas. Had a great uh, March Madness last year. Um, Laurie Markkinen, obviously a good spot up for nothing special, but... Look, nah. he can get the job done. I mean, for a team space that's not going to be that great, he'll space the floor. Um, and obviously, I, I did like the Colin Sexton pick. I think a lot of people fell asleep on him just because of his injuries, kind of forgetting what he was able to do uh, those first year or so in Cleveland. But, you know, I think he agreed. He ended up agreeing to re-sign for four, four years, 70 million, yeah, something it's, like it's that. Contract. Million. I don't, I don't contract. Contract. It's a great contract for the current day NBA. That is dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if they do try and go for the French kid, um, and are able to get him. That's a solid pairing, you know, having Colin Sexton to play there right there with him. Um, but looking at how this shakes up the Eastern Conference, I don't know mm -hmm. if you can really consider this shaking up the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference is already shook. Um, it's, it's loaded, man. Extremely loaded at this point. Um, but I For love sure. that backcourt, man. You got Darius Garland <sighs> and Donovan Mitchell. That's disgusting. Um, yeah. And then you got, you know, Jared Allen down there. You got Mobley. That's another big guy that I'm sure they were very happy not to move in that in that trade and instead decided to give up a bunch of unprotected first rounders and uh, some pick swaps. So, you know, I think that they'll probably eventually I think it'll take a little while just because Donovan is is coming in a little late and the Cavs had pretty damn good chemistry last year, almost like the Grizzlies a little bit. They just had a bunch of guys that fit well together. Mm -hmm. Kind of one dude leading the charge at point guard um, and, and, and in a conference that they have the opportunity to move up to maybe the fourth, fifth spot if they if they mesh well. So I don't think that this in, it does increase their championship odds. If you want to take if you want to say that, will they actually get there? Probably not. Um, but look, 
the Cavs have looked for another superstar and a little bit of help, and now you have one of the best guards in the league, <laughs> an elite scorer, and now Darius can kind of take a little bit off of his shoulders, I think, and really be a true point guard that can still give you 20 to 22 a game, but add in those eight, nine assists. So I'm excited to see him play. Hate that the Bulls have to play him now more consistently, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after this trade, the, the Cavs are better than the Chicago Bulls now. Yep. They are better than the Chicago Sadly. Bulls on paper and I think in real life, too, because, my Lord, this team is loaded. You got Darius Garland, who is an all-star point guard. You got Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star two guard. You got Jaron Allen, who made an all-star as a center. And Evan Mobley is a future all-star. So, legitimately, mm-hmm. you got four guys that are potential all-stars that are younger than 30 years old on your roster. The only all they have is that small forward. I think they're tomorrow. like Donovan turns 26 yeah. in a couple, maybe a couple of days. They're all under, but all under 25. As of right now, they're all 25 or younger, <laughs> which is insane. It's ridiculous. It is insane. Oh, man. Like, the amount of young talent this, this team got is so insane. I'm just like, my God, good. Props, props to Kobe Allman for yeah. drafting, yeah, drafting for Garland, who was, not, who was not an obvious pick. Guy came off the injury, so he had to have the foresight to teach, get that guy. Evan Mobley was pretty much guaranteed top three, but picking those guys and obviously pulling off this move and closing a deal that the Knicks have been in discussions for since, like, July. So they've yeah. been discussing and They just hopped in and got the deal done. And if you look at on paper with the players from last year, Colin Sexton was out with injury. So the dude, I don't even – he wasn't even part of the team that made the playoffs. So pretty much they flipped Laurie Marketing, the only guy on their roster, for Donovan Mitchell. Mm. So that's what happened. The picks, whatever. You, you got two pick swaps, three. You got all these young picks. dudes. You got the, yeah, you got the rookie that they signed. Exactly. They're like, whatever. You got Donovan Mitchell for three years of basketball. Three years. Even if he leaves, you got three years of Donovan Mitchell, who I think is an all-star caliber player who can potentially make an all-NBA all-NBA caliber player, too. All, definitely all-NBA third team. Thought he could have had a chance to make it this year. So this team, they're going for it. I love it for them. And my Lord, the Knicks, Knicks just pooped the bag, man. They were the usual. I, I got some. I feel like I got something on that. I, Man, I'm trying to under like, like, like. This is this is just this is just a mic drop by the Cavs, man. They got a they got an all star that is 26 younger right now for Laurie Marketing, a restricted free agent that they did not want. They did no. not want Colin Sexton back. They saw Darius yep. Garland. Like that was the biggest blessing to the Cavs season was Sexton getting injured and seeing Darius <laughs> Garland blossom into a true PG. That's an yep. all-star caliber player for the next half decade. Like, that's what they saw with that injury. So I'm looking at this roster. I'm just like, my God, they have a chance to win 50 games. They have a chance to win 50 games immediately. And pretty much they're like the Blazers with Dame and CJ in the East, except they got bigs down low. They can play defense. Exactly. You got two end towers down there. And look what happened to the Blazers. The Blazers at their peak made it to the Western Conference Finals. And with this team, and they keep growing, especially Evan Mobley. People, all these scouts are really, really high on Mobley thinking he could be like a transcendent, like the power forward type guy with perimeter yeah. skills, like an Anthony Davis, KG, like mold skinny type guy. They could play all NBA defense already in his first year. If he develops his offensive game, obviously he's going to have more space with Donovan Mitchell creating for him. Sky's the limit for this Cavs team, man. The only hole they got is Isaac Okora, because if I'm defending this team, I'm leaving that brother wide open every single time. Man. Yeah, I'm leaving that brother, because that guy cannot shoot threes. He cannot yeah. shoot at all. He's a liability on offense, and I'm, I'm team, I got to expose that. And that's like the one hole on their starting lineup right now, which is not that bad of a hole because he can play some defense. So yep. the team is loaded. Props to them for getting it done. Some of the Knicks that couldn't do it. So man, I don't. I, I don't understand. I don't understand the Jazz. The Jazz's perspective of if the Knicks offered, if it's true that they offered Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Toppin, Robinson. and the picks, 
why do you not take that over the Cavs deal? That makes no sense to me at all. It might be money, money wise, because of what RJ would want. What RJ, but to me, I feel like RJ's the better player. Way, he's the better. way better player. Definitely. And like, if you're the Jazz, I understand you're trying to tank, but it's like, to your point, people, it's like, if they were to somehow look out and get Victor Wembanyama, I think that's how you say his name. I probably yeah. screwed it all up. But if you get him and then you got RJ's a foundational piece, like, I would love that. Yeah. Like, I, I, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's something behind the scenes that we don't understand. Because, like you say, if it is the money, then I guess, okay, well, then I don't have an argument. But just off of the packages, like, I like topping a lot. Like, those are, like, you could build, I feel like, a nice future in Utah with those guys. And topping, you know, RJ Mitchell's a nice, versatile big that can move around. He, he's very fluid. It can block shots. And, like you say, the Knicks picks, like, if you get those picks, you're probably going to do well with them because the Knicks can't do anything with them. So it's like, you, I feel like, you know, maybe you're just betting on which team is going to, you know, not be as good later. But like you say, I, I just don't understand that. But moving on from that. Yeah. This is the rumor. I don't know if this is yeah. true. But do you remember the general manager was the, of the Knicks was at the Dallas Mavericks for Utah Jazz watching a playoff game? Huh? They were scouting Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. They were scouting the potential mm. of acquisitions of the summer. And it's rumored that Dage didn't really like that. Didn't like pretty much the tampering of tampering. That's that's as blatant as tampering as you can get. Yeah. Visiting potential assets and watching them at yeah. a playoff game and pretty much scouting them and seeing how he could make a deal yeah. to get them. Because obviously Jalen Brunson, they're already getting fine. They're going to get punished for tampering for Jalen Brunson because they got that yeah. deal done before the start of whatever free agency. And now this Donovan Mitchell rumors have been happening all day, every day. So obviously there has been behind the scenes of that. And maybe Dan Agent is like, "Yeah, screw you. We're gonna make a deal with the Cavs." Because the deals, if you look at the deals on paper, RJ Barrett is better than Colin Sexton. I think RJ Barrett is the better asset than Colin Sexton. Yeah. yeah. If you if you, even Stick if you the asset. even if you don't like RJ Barrett, you could flip him for yeah. a lot of unprotected picks if you want to go the whole picks route and tank even more. So they could have flipped RJ Barrett for more picks. So. Yeah, obviously Mitchell Robinson. I think he's a he's a terrific young big. He just had injury problems, and Obi Top is a great young player. So I look at the Knicks package on paper. I think he's better than the Cavs package, but I feel like something happened with Danny. Yeah, Yates something behind the scenes. Something yeah. behind Personal the scene. thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm just like, man, because the three unprotected, three unprotected Knicks, Cavs. I, I would bet against the Knicks a little more because they have a history of missing the playoffs. Because that Cavs young core, even without Don, even if Donovan Mitchell bounces, like mm. you got Darius Garland. Like Evan Mobley, you're going to be at least a 500 ball club for yeah. the next couple of years, as as long as, as they're on the roster. So Tearful. betting on the Knicks would have been my bet for hopefully getting, yeah. landing the lottery because <laughs> that team that team just misses the playoffs. When they make the playoffs, it's a miracle. It's a yeah. miracle when they make the playoffs. The city like shuts year. down. Yeah, exactly. The city shuts <laughs> down. Man, they go crazy. They won 45 games in one one playoff game against the Atlanta Hawks, but they went crazy, man. So. Yeah. So I'm betting against the Knicks franchise, even though the Cavs franchise is pretty mediocre, but they got way more, way, way more talent. That's why I feel like the Cavs are like, we could go all in. Well, the Knicks probably, like, we had, if we had Donovan Mitchell, maybe they're asking for another, unprote- or another unprotected pick, maybe more pick swaps that they wanted. And the Knicks are like, yeah, we're not confident that we have Donovan Mitchell and we ship out RJ Bear, Obi Toppin, or someone else, some of our other young players, that we're going to be even relevant. Like right. Donovan Mitchell with a bunch of role players, 500 ball club, maybe. Yeah, they have, an all, RJ they have all stars. Exactly. You yeah, ship out RJ Barrett, their best player, and you get Donovan Mitchell. How many games are they winning? 40, 41 games. Yeah. So maybe they were hesitant on that end too. With Brunson, like, yeah, maybe that was in their thoughts. Wow, the Cavs are just like, we're giving up none of our young core. 
You're going to take all our assets. This is all we have. And we're just going to give it all to you. Well, the Knicks have this war chest of picks and pick swaps. Well, you know who they kind of. And Quentin Grimes rumor at the end. They don't want to give a Quentin Grimes. I'm like, man. I do like Quentin, but yeah, I would still say. If those Quentin Grimes are to just get one more ass to get Donovan Mitchell, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm pulling the trigger. If it it means I get Donovan Mitchell, I'm definitely giving up Quentin. But I do like Quentin Grimes. But uh, apparently who they have shifted to, as the Dicks would say, is they're now looking at Shea because he doesn't really fit with the OKC timeline, which I wouldn't be mad at that acquisition. I mean, if we're picking between Shea and Donovan, you want Donovan. But, I mean, if you just want to save face yeah. and switch another yeah. asset, maybe Shea is a nice building block. And I think a lot of players around the league like Shea because his game fits with a lot of people. So, like you mm-hmm. say, if he doesn't fit with Brunson and you can flip Brunson for something, then whatever. But I feel like in that trade, they're going to have to give up a buttload of picks too. So, but – just in terms of the Eastern Conference, real quick, I do like their backcourt. Um, like you say, even if they're defensively challenged, you got the t- like basically towers in the back that's going to cover up a lot of their deficiencies at the rim. So I-, I-, I do like this Cavs roster. And like you say, there's really no pressure on them to win right away because they're all young. So they just got to keep building. And last year, they have a good sense of being in the play-in and figuring out how to play in that type of situation. So I just think with Donovan's, you know, kind of, a little bit of experience being in the playoffs that will help. Um, I don't know where it puts them at, just like I guess you say, in the tier-wise, because it's like Brooklyn's such That's a tough. wild card. Like, I still love Milwaukee, Boston. Philly. And then after that, you know, Philly. Philly very interesting because I feel like they're building a team that is they're similar to Houston. Up. And they're, you know, with P.J. Tucker, Montrezl Hill, a lot of, you know, those switchable big guys that will sacrifice for the team. They're going to be very interesting if – if 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 Harden comes back there in shape go. and wants to play how he wants, like he and he's you know playing in Brooklyn, like before he got injured with his hamstring, but if he comes back in shape and motivated, you got him and Embiid. Like yeah, that's gonna cause a lot of problems. So game over. Like I say, it's not NBA season. We're definitely gonna be talking about about that down the road. But make sure you guys tune into the Bullheaded Podcast NFL contest coming up. We're gonna be looking at the Thursday night game, Sunday night football, or Sunday night football, Sunday afternoon football, Monday night football, all that stuff. Will be on bullheaded underscore pod on Instagram, TikTok bullheaded eight six four, Quantron nose on YouTube, all of the DSPs, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. We will be locked in and ready to go. So for me, Sue, and P Bush, we're out.